Um, no, I love it. I love the organization. It helped me uh, prepare for every single part of it. So that's great. Beautiful, bro. So what we'll do is uh, while we're waiting, folks, to join us, we'll just start kicking it in, man. Uh, we got ourselves a great guest, of course, the legendary NFT god uh, joining me tonight. Uh, we are going to tackle the motherfucking narrative, dog. Um, yeah, man. So uh, call to action real quick. Reminder to set up uh, reminders for spaces for NFT God and myself. Uh, just go to our profiles, hit that notification bell, um, and make sure you sign up for notifications when we're doing spaces so that you don't ever miss anything that we're mess uh, that we're doing. Also, make sure that you check out redlegendstudios.com. If you like uh, this show and you want to hear more other guests that we have, uh, check out redlegendstudios.com. Um, check out all of us radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, it should all be up there now. I was messing with some um, some things there, but uh, you'll definitely be able to check us out on Spotify. So if you can't find it anywhere else, make sure you go there. Um, but we should be up on Apple Podcasts and Google Play soon. Um, make sure to subscribe to NFT God's newsletter. Uh, you can also do that uh, by going to his uh, by going to his profile, and um, and you can sign up there. It's free. Bro, in a bear market, you can't beat free. It doesn't even cost you gas. Uh, so make sure you get that. Um, another thing, Lord's Little Villains is live. It's the best $85 you can spend, man. Um, so far, since we released on June 1st, since that time, we've already done a 24-hour special. Um, we started the Naughty Show. Our next one is actually going to be this Wednesday. Um, I should do a better job. You know what? I need to... Note to self, I need to pen that um, so that it's the first thing. So that on all of my shows, I can just refer to that. Um, and uh, and folks can get the, the mint there. And where's the other one? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Share this. So what I was going to say is the Naughty Show, man. This Wednesday, um, we, we kicked it off last a uh, couple Wednesdays ago. We had a sex therapist. Uh, this time, uh, we are going to be meeting with the amazing goddess elite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, goddess Eve is what you can see in it. Goddess Elite is her handle. Um, teaching us everything about financial domination. You think the bear market is bad. Uh, she'll make you liquidate your entire wallet and you will thank her for the pleasure. Um, so that's that's on Wednesday. Tomorrow, I have a, a special event going on with uh, Apes with Attitude Club. They were very kind, created a one of one for me. Um, and I've been with them for a long time since they were in Wicked Bone Club. Um, so seeing this guy grow and evolve, I'm, I'm proud of him and I'm excited to, to have him on air. So make sure you check out that tomorrow. Make sure you check out Naughty Show. Um, but yeah, man, that's what we've done. We've, we've done all of those things. Uh, the 24-hour marathon, the Naughty Show, and we hosted an event at NFT NYC. Um, and we've done that all in one month. So your contribution helps support activities like that and more, including IP contests in real life events and giveaways. So make sure you meant that, man. Best 85 bucks you can spend. We are also sponsored by daddiesdeltas.com. Uh, go to daddiesdeltas.com, man. Uh, best uh, Delta 8 that you can get. Uh, use promo code RED for 20% off. Uh, and we get 20%. So that's going to help with giveaways, different things like that. And that's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, that's all I got there. Big bad NFT God. How are you doing today, bro? I'm doing awesome, man. It was a nice weekend of recovery from NFT NYC, which was one of the best weeks I can remember in a long time, man. I'm just 
even more excited for the space than I was before. Fuck yeah, bro. Me too. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Big quick shout outs. Shout out Jacob. Shout out Late Night Crew Dave. Shout out Marcy. Uh, we got Big Bad NFT, NFT, NF Toker here. Bibbles is in the house. We got Gando. We got Fame. Calvin C. Bro, Calvin Creeps, homie. Uh, that is a homie for life right there, man. I got to tell you, Lux Pleb, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we got Big Bad Crypto Knight. Thank you very much. And uh, give me just a second. Let me get this last couple here. We got uh, Alexander Miller. Thank you for joining us. And Dao Fing, Gando, Fame. Thank you all for being here. Um, bro, what a fucking wild week, man. I'm curious to know. Uh, how was your week? What did you do last week? What what happened? Tell me. Tell me everything. Yeah, I, I didn't do the, the talks or anything. I just tried to attend as many events as I could. Uh, I live over here in Brooklyn, and I was just walking around here in Dumbo, and I actually found a couple events just randomly at different venues that I walked into for different artists that were really sweet. I, I tried to attend a couple of these media events. What I mean by that is like the Nifty had a whale brunch Monday morning, which was awesome. If you hold 10 of their NFTs or more, you got to see a live taping of the show, which was really sick. And then I went to your live taping of the show, later in the week which was even more sick because uh the uh the crowd was a lot more fun there so <laughs> i i tried to try to meet as many people as possible because everyone was just down to chat down to talking it was really awesome and how was it for you bro it was uh it was amazing man um props to you for getting the on the nifty's brunch i know you were talking about that you were big unknown caller um I know props to you and getting you, them. but uh, you're breaking up. Yeah, sorry, that was me. I got a phone call. Uh, props to you on making that nifty, uh, nifty brunch, bro. Um, uh, I think that's awesome. You, you've become a, a staple on that that show a little bit here and there, uh, and I love it, man. I love it for you. Congrats! I know, that, I know you're a big holder, uh, so you got to be a part of that brunch and you got to be a part of the live show. That's awesome, man. I I fucking love that. What a wonderful fucking show, man. You know, it's sweet because we're in a time in the where you can go to these events and meet the biggest people in the industry, right? Like if you went to the, the fuck render event, you know, one of the biggest digital artists there is, you can just walk right up to him and shake his hand. You go to the Nifty, who's one of the biggest media shows. You go right up, shake their hand. You go to Lore Lord show. You can get right on, just grab the mic and start talking. You know, we're in a point now so early in this space where, you know, it's very flat hierarchy where you can just meet, walk up to anyone, network with anyone. You know, if you go to E3, the video game conference, you can't walk up to Tim Howard, you know, one of the biggest video game creators there are. If you go to CES, you're not walking up to Tim Cook. But here in NFT, if you go to NFT NYC, you can walk up to anyone. So it's just a really, really unique opportunity, dude. Yeah, bro. Uh, it, it, it was wild. Uh, for me on my end, what I was able to do, I wanted to go to several different events, but uh, I was not able to um, get to every single one. Um, but I did get to go to, um, I did get to go to, excuse me, uh, the Gutter Cat Gang um, party, which I thought was very well put together. It was super nice. Um, you know, of course I did all the, the creeps events, every single one. Um, and then my, my crack at it, right. My crack at, uh, uh, doing a, uh, a live event, uh, within the NFT NYC ecosystem, um, week. Right. Uh, and I'm so happy I did it. NFT God. I'm so happy that I, that I saw it through. Um, it had hiccups and bumps along the way, 
but man, uh, it, it was it was awesome to do, and it inspired me to do more. Um, I'm even more curious now um, about since I have all the equipment now, speakers, uh, microphones. Um, I mean, you saw the setup, you saw everything that, that the way that it that it was. But now I'm even more curious about what I can do for live shows. Uh, I mean, I'm in Philadelphia, so um, I feel like it's a big enough market. I feel like uh, I feel like I could do something, man. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to talk about narrative in a little bit, but with the way your project set up and what you do is set up, you have a way to build a really strong kind of experience and narrative where you can build or go around and include people from the Creeps community, from your own community, into these live shows and really provide these really cool experiences, even if you don't have, you know, the funding, right? You can do all this for free. These are free experiences, so... It really is cool, and it really is. I feel like it was like a POC last week of like, how can we build experiences for NFT holders, and will they be fun? And I think it's proven that you can do a lot of fun things with NFT holders. Hell yeah, you can. That was one regret that I did have is that I wish, and, and I, from now on, uh, when I go to future NFT type events, um, I'll be doing it moving forward where I do like a, something special just for holders, something as small as like a pizza party, uh, but something that's uh, just a token of appreciation. You know what I mean? Um, but next time, buddy, next time, uh, this week was packed. <laughs> I think I just wanted to get through the week myself, uh, like alive. You know what I mean? Um, but beautiful, bro. Let's let's uh, let's tackle the topic at hand, homie. Uh, we are here to tackle the narrative, and I I uh, I DM'd you uh, possibly in a drunken stupor one night and said, "Fuck, I know exactly what I want to talk to NFT God about next time," and it was the narrative um, because you've talked about the narrative so so much, and I kept shooting you these things about um, you know what what is their history, what does their story say about them, what do their memes say about them, what you know what. What is their story? What is that narrative? Um, and I ended it with Dear Project, what is your narrative? Uh, and you were like, yeah, <laughs> right on. Um, and so it's something that I'm super interested in tackling. I guess where we start first is um, let, let's talk about what is a project's narrative? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I was thinking about, you know, how do you describe what a narrative is for an NFT project? And I think the way I boiled it down was it's the elevator pitch your holders give to other people to bring them into the project, right? It's the experience that your project is creating that will attract others there. And it's what people want to get into. You think about creeps very early on and their narrative was, you know, this cult-like experience that the, the founders are adding on to every week. They were adding on new collections. They were adding on new characters. And the narrative was we have these lizards uh, that are invading a planet and you're able to invade those planets and collect the coins from them. And it's that kind of hook and that experience that founders need to create to uh, not only attract people to the project, but keep them there. I mean, that narrative is still holding strong with the project like Creep, where people are still in there because this cult-like experience that was built up and that cult-like experience has turned into the narrative, and that's the elevator pitch to get others into the project. Yeah, man. Uh, and so for me, the other side of that, 
Um, I absolutely get what you're saying. Yeah, you want it, whatever it, whatever that whatever it is that keeps people engaged um, uh, develops that narrative. For me, the other end of the the narrative is um, uh, like I mentioned before. I want to know your history. I want to know the story um, that your that your project is telling through um, different things like its memes, through its partnerships, through um, you know its uh, its community, through uh, some major events that have happened within your project, through the lore, um, all of these little things uh, for me help build a project's uh, a narrative, um, and th those things are important to me, right? Like, uh, what does your what is your community like? Uh, what would your community say about your project? What would they say about your project through memes um and uh you know so i you know those are the things i think about uh, as well uh, when we talk about when we talk about narrative um uh so in your opinion what makes so you talked about a lot about um, um what project founders do uh, to keep people involved so in your opinion what what makes for a strong narrative yeah, it, it, I think it's a couple things. Um, I, I see the things you talked about, memes, lore, all these other things. I think they contribute to a narrative. But here's the part that I've seen a lot of the projects kind of mess up on. And that is they just try to do too much, right? I think what makes the strongest narrative is simplicity, something people can really understand. You know, I look back in the last couple months, and I think the project that created kind of the strongest narrative was Goblin Town, right? They were this free mint that went all the way up to nine ETH one point. They settled down. They're, they're back at down, I think, it's about four ETH. And their narrative was this. You go in, and you just let it all out. You role play a goblin. You make noise. You shit on other projects. And you go in the space, and you just have fun with other people. That was the narrative. The narrative was it's a bear market. Let's, let's get silly. And so these Twitter spaces started opening up where all these people went in. They had their goblin PFPs. They made all these random noises. People listened in. It was quite frankly hilarious. Other people wanted to get in and be part of that experience, be part of that narrative. And it was super, super successful and continues to be. And then you look at projects like a cool cast, for instance, who might have done a little too much, right? They tried to, they released a companion project with these pets. And then you get the eggs and they had a video game. And in the video game, you had to like treat them like a Tamagotchi where you fed them and you walked them around and you had to check back every other couple days. And what happened, right? They, they, they spent millions and millions of dollars of users funds to create this narrative of you now have your own pet that you need to take care of. And it absolutely tanked. It, it did not hold on. People did not want to be a part of that. They did not tell other people about the game. And the floor went from 15 down to, I think, two at its lowest. And, you know, the, the Cool Cats experience might have technically been way more high quality, right? And maybe more immersive, but it was just too much. And it, you couldn't put it into an elevator pitch to people. The Goblin Town elevator pitch is simple. I actually gave it, I have a, a close friend of mine in the crowd right now, Crypto Tax Guy. And I, I remember listening to the first uh, Goblin Town space. And I text him, I'm like, dude, you have to get into this space. This is absolutely hilarious. People are going in here and pretending to be goblins, and they're talking about Gary V's pee and peeing on the floor, and it's amazing. <laughs> and we just we had to get in, and every night we listen to that space. 
Now, if I text and say, hey, you got to buy this uh, $20,000 cat, uh, and then you get the pet for another $6,000, and then you, you enter a game and you have to take care, he's like, shut up, I have better things to do, right? So to bring it back to your original question, which is what makes a good narrative, I think it's one, simplicity, and two, immersion. If you can find the sweet spot of those two things, uh, you can build something truly special. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple of things on there and, and we're going to do a good and a bad here is that, um, the, so the other thing that I would say about the goblins narrative is, um, j- the, just like the spaces, the art isn't beautiful. Does that make sense? It's not a beautiful thing. And so in, uh, again, talking about narrative, um, that's one of those things that, uh, that people, it still gets people talking. Do you understand what I mean? So it gets people mm-hmm. out there saying like, oh, I'm not a fan of the art. They will tweet out, I am not a fan of the Goblin's art. They will tweet out, you know what I mean? These spaces are insane. They will tweet out, um, the Goblin space is not for me. You know, they'll tweet out, but all none of those things are FUD, uh, but they keep the conversation going. Do you know what I mean? They're not, what they're not saying on the, the bad end is that I'm really hate that Cool Cats made this video game, right? Um, they're not saying that I'm really upset about milk. Um, but what they're, 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 they're allowing the, the narrative to, to kind of uh, uh, go and attract people that, uh, that, that are into those things or in, into the weird and the bizarre. Now, the next question comes for something like Cool Cats, um, uh, Pudgy Penguins, uh, some of these that we, we look at, when the, those are some that have a, a bad narrative. Do you think that there's a way, and I know that we've talked about uh, red flags and projects like that, but is there a way to turn around a bad narrative? I have yet to see it done successfully. Actually, I take that back. I think Azuki has done it successfully. I'll get into that a second, though. Um, but it is very difficult to do. Azuki might be the only one that's been able to do it. You know, let's bring it back to Cool Cats for a second, right? So they, they go with this narrative they've been building for seven or eight months, this video game with the pets, completely flops. The project loses, you know, 90% of its value. And I think about a month ago, they, they pivoted. They, they try, they're trying a new narrative. And what they've been doing over the last month is they've been trying to build out a, a new ecosystem of animals. So they're starting to hint through their artwork, their tweets uh, on their Discord, that there's going to be other animals involved now in their ecosystem, the cool dogs and all these other things. And they're going to build some sort of media out of these other animals. So they're, they're pivoting. Now, what's tough here is it's tough to, to shake an image, right? It's tough to shake off a bad narrative and you, you really got to change. It, it takes a very strong core audience to be able to shake off a bad image. So like you look at Azuki, right? They had as big of a red flag and bad event as you can possibly get with their CEO or their owner it turned out to be a big scammer, right? But their core audience was so strong that they almost like took over the narrative, took it from that owner and made it their own. Like, hey, no, we run the garden. Zagabond has nothing to do with this. The, the garden's where we hang out and we have our own specific vibe and they made the narrative their own. So honestly, it's extremely difficult to turn it around. I think I've only seen one example of a project turn it around. Um, but, you know, we're still so young in the space that uh, we haven't seen that many attempts at turning it around. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I think one thing that's going to be key there is you have to have a core audience. I don't know if Cool Cats has that core audience. Uh, and I think that's going to be critical to turning around a narrative. 
Um, can we talk about pudgy penguins real quick? What what happens there? Do you? I mean, do you have an idea of? Uh, I, I mean, is there any way to do anything for them? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not intimately familiar with pudgy penguins. Do you want to give me a quick rundown of, of what went down there? I don't know, man. I, I, NFT God, I'm going to be on, very honest with you. I just know that um, they, they, Cole, I believe, was a part of that one, right? Uh, and his association um, with pudgy penguins is what uh, eventually caused the downfall. Um and uh yeah it was just poor leadership again what i think it's a similar um azuki situation but uh did not did not bounce back um i i mean i don't see them um i don't see them rec recovering like azuki let me give you actually another example of a project i think uh is bouncing back and you know that would be creeps creeps had some sort of interesting uh, beginning, right, where you had this token, uh, the Lumi, that blew up and people were making tens of thousands of dollars a day off of it and the price ran up. And it's had a, a, you know, a big retracement. But you look at the Discord, you look at Twitter still, you look at the live events that went down the last week, it went down big, but it's starting to recover. It did not just keep going down, which you see a lot of these other projects that once they start dying, they just go down. Creeps is recovering and has still a very strong floor and the community is still very strong. And it's kind of like the Azuki metaphor where if you have a strong core community like Azuki had, then you can keep a project going and reshift the narrative, which the owners have been very open. That's what they're doing. They say we're rebranding. We got new uh, a marketing company behind us and they're sh shifting that narrative. So I think Creeps owners could pull it off mostly because they have this strong community behind it and they clearly have the vision so it can be done uh it just takes a lot of things going in your direction yeah i think that uh i think joe and dom really you know the, i think the, the the founders of creeps uh had a, a you know they had a, a a tough go i guess you could say uh, because the narrative was loomy right it was uh we were all millionaires for about a week you know what i'm saying um and so uh, uh then they realized quickly that um that could not be the narrative right that it was going to be something that was going to have to be um uh, fixed and changed and so we saw that that narrative change through uh through their their introduction of lamex um and and uh, again there was strong narrative work that needed to be done in that you needed these lamex points uh, um, so that you could start creating these ID lizards. So they did a wonderful job of acknowledging um, that there was an issue in their narrative, acknowledging that the narrative needed to be changed, uh, and and coming up with ways, uh, immediate fixes uh, to to make that narrative change. And of, and of course, uh, we're probably seeing this uptick because the narrative has had to change over time, right? Um, there was a while where folks were really upset that, that Lumi was not going to be um, a huge part of the ecosystem uh, as it was before. Um, so there were a lot of folks that were not super excited about that. So what they had to do is come up with ways that the that the, the core, just like you said, the core folks in it would be excited. And, and that's through finding different ways that they could switch uh, the use case um, and, and platform really of, uh, of Lumi into Lamex and give folks something to do with it. Um, so that's a, that's one where I could say that they did a, 
wonderful job of uh, of changing the narrative um, in a in a way that complemented their current ecosystem and uh, and and helped their base that was already there. So yeah, man, good call on that one. Yeah, and I, I think too, just to kind of dovetail off that is they're doing both Azuki and Creep a very good job of allowing the holders to guide the narrative as well. Let me give you a, a quick comparison. Uh, so a couple of the most talked about parties over the last week was Doodles and Goblin Town, right? So Doodles, they had a party where it started off with a keynote from their CEO who came from another corporation. Uh, they announced investors uh, from Alexis Ohanian, and then they announced uh, Pharrell was going to be on the board. And it came off very much like a, an Apple, uh, you know, announcement of a product right yeah and then you had goblin town which was a dance party where uh, a bunch of the owners dress up as goblins and they were throwing cheeseburgers at people uh, and, and blasting music right and, and it was people experiencing this narrative in one party it's the corporate owners telling you what the narrative is in the other it's people experiencing it and doing themselves and coming out of that party, one has been, you know, panned pretty bad, doodles, and it's been starting to come down. The other, Goblin Town, has only gotten stronger and gone up. And I think that's what Creep and Azuki did very well, is the, the, the owners kind of pushed the people to own the narrative. And with Creep, the holders, you know, building their own memes, building their own uh, merchandise, they're, they're building their own experience. Uh, Azuki, they, they, you know, the holders really control the garden and talk about the garden and control that narrative. And, you know, I, just the way I look, I'd rather buy an Azuki or a Crease before I buy a Doodle right now, even though Doodle has this incredible team of Pharrell and all these people behind it. I don't think people want to buy into those types of corporate experiences. They want to buy into a Goblin Town type of experience where they're just having fun. Yeah, so two things there is that the other thing that I want to point out is um, the the narrative for the, adding to the narrative of the goblins is that they talked about burgers in the past. That was a part of their narrative. And they had a, a, a burger truck. If I'm not mistaken, they had a, a food truck, a burger truck um, there at NFT NYC. And again, um, that's just for me on my end of what it, when I think of narrative uh, feeds into that, right? That they talked about burgers and they had a burger truck there. Um, they're bringing that, uh, that lore um, to life by, by doing things like that. Um, uh, so when I talk about lore and things like that, helping shape and form the narrative, um, that's one of those little things I think about too, is that when you can bring um, these things that you have talked about online uh, into, into in real life, um, those are, those are big things that help shape and form your narrative or bring your narrative to life. Um, the second thing is, I think that, uh, I think that doodles, uh, that I think that it was a mistake to do it like a keynote speaker and things like that. I think that it would have been, I, I'm a, so here, I'm, I'm not disappointed that they got this new CEO, you said, that's doing it. Um, and I'm yeah. not disappointed that they got Pharrell, but I think that they could have handled the, the, the switch, the narrative a, a lot better by having the CEO come in and party with the people or hang out with the people, um, at the event and like let loose a little bit. Um, and, 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 you know, possibly some, something from Pharrell, uh, uh being there. But I think that by doing it that way, those things would have strengthened their narrative and not made it seem so, uh, corporate rigid and stiff. Um, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. I mean, I think what it comes back to is like, what is the utility 
of NF, what makes NFTs unique, right? Has there been any utility that's truly unique? I'd say the only utility any NFT has ever achieved that is truly unique from any technology that's ever been created before is the formation of community, right? So Doodles is going to come out with Doodles 2 so you can customize traits in like a social media app and uh, Cool Cats, they made like a Tamagotchi game. None of that's unique. Why would anyone want to spend $20,000 to play a Tamagotchi game? It doesn't really make sense. But the community, seriously, but the, but the community built from Creep, for instance, this kind of cult-like community, or the community built from Goblin Town, where everyone's running around eating cheeseburgers and yelling and, you know, gibberish. That really never was kind of the thing that happened before. And what I mean by that is, like, I went to your party right? I think it was on, on Wednesday evening. And I never met anyone there before, but I showed up and we all had this unique thing in common and could speak the same language instantly and had all the same kind of things to talk about. And I don't think any technologies ever existed before that was able to create that bond between everyone. So it, it's really that narrative that you were able to build and Creeps was able to build that's so incredibly unique. So these companies like Doodles and Cool Cats who are taking the approach, okay, let's build a company that creates video games and things. That's been done before. What makes you think you can do that better than what's been done over the last hundred years? It's really that unique narrative that's so special to NFTs. Exactly, man. And and uh, unique and specific, again, going back to your original thing, to your core audience, that core group of people. Um, and, and those could be day ones or those could be every days, right? The, the, the folks that have been with you since day one or the folks that, that bought in and are still with you every single day. Um, but but uh, creating a narrative that, that uh, fits within that realm. I know that throughout the week, um, at NFT NYC, obviously I hung out with a, with a ton of creeps. There was a lot of talk about narrative and lore and what we do next, uh, and w what the community would like. Um, and that, that had a lot to do with, um, uh, again, like you said, things that bring the community together, but that are unique. Um, and that, uh, I don't know, that kind of, uh, tell our story and, and who we are. There was a lot of talk of secret doors and, um, uh, special like uh, events and, and and again these are all just from community members right but um, like you said it's important that the project goes into it and 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 leans towards what what the community is doing and and I think that uh, if John and Doe um, take advantage of that and heed and I'm sure that they did they, I'm sure that they heard everything we were saying and what we wanted um, but I think that it's going to be it's going to strengthen their narrative you know what I mean because it's exactly what that core community um, wants it to be the ideas that, that stem from that so I don't know man I think that's a that's a strong um, piece of information there right yeah and, and, and you know I think about creeps too and the part I want to reiterate again is simplicity, I think that's going to need to be the key to the strong narrative is something simple that people can understand. You know, you can get complex and build out this strong lore. I think the only people that benefit is the holders because they'll understand it. But if you build out this super complex lore, uh, it's going to be tough for others to come in. And if you're looking to, at the end of the day, bring value back to the holders, you need new people coming into the project. And the way Creeps kind of started out was, 
you know, they, they, were at, they built out all these side collections, the vaults, the shapeshifters, the megas, the, the armory. And I think to a point, it got a little too complex. And that stopped new people from coming in. And, and it, it, the, the core community is still very strong. And, you know, everyone's kind of diamond handing. But if we're going to increase the value to holders, simplicity is key. And simplicity is much more inexpensive to, to provide than, uh, you know, creating games and creating all these other complex systems. So simplicity, again, is the part I'll reiterate here, too. Beautiful. Um, and speaking of simplicity, um, I want to start jumping into um, some projects that you have that, that you think have a good narrative. I mean, you pointed out um, you're, you're, you're bullish on, uh, on the Goblins narrative. What other projects do you think um, have strong narratives and why? And yeah, if you have simple uh, ones, that's great. I've got an idea for simplicity as well. Goblin Town, obviously, I mentioned a few times, uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, there was a project, it's kind of tanked since they haven't, weren't able to build on the narrative, but I thought it started off really, really interesting was, uh, we are all going to die. It's one I was watching very closely. It was one I was thinking of getting into. I never did. But what they started doing, they, they, they kind of built like an actual cult where every space they had like the sound of fire crackling and they would sacrifice an NFT every space. They sacrificed like a mutant ape and what I mean by sacrifice, they burnt it. They sent it to a burner wallet. And there was this really interesting narrative that almost felt kind of dangerous and cult-like. Uh, and it was super interesting and, and they weren't able to quite build on top of it. And I think it started to get a little stale. Um, so that was super interesting. Um, I, I think we were going to talk about it a little later on in the show, but just to kind of hint at it now, I think that the uh, Clone X narrative they're building is very, very interesting around a creator's community where really what they're building out is not companion collections, but they're actually building out technical tools that they're going to give you know everyone with a Clone X to actually start building clothes and traits for their Clone X. And I think this kind of creative narrative is going to be super, super interesting to watch. Um and then Azuki, you know, I, I talked about earlier too with this kind of very simple garden zen narrative they built with their their crowd has been able to withstand even the most fuddish of narratives behind it. And I thought that was really, really cool. And, you know, it's, it's one thing like Doodles is super high right now, but the narrative isn't strong there. I think they can easily pull a cool cast if their Doodles tool too doesn't work out. But how does a Goblin Town tank? It can't, like, unless the narrative just dies or they stop feeding into it, you know, they can't release a game that's just going to kill anything. And so that's really something I look out for, for, you know, is there, is it kind of like binary? Is the game going to fail, you know, or is it just a strong narrative that can't really fail that that'll keep the project going? All right. Um, so here's, this is one I think that you and I disagree on, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Mine, mine that, that I think has a, a, a good narrative, and I think it is simple, is Gutter Cat Gang. Um, I think that uh, their narrative, when we look at it, that, you know, like I pointed out in the notes, they have a strong community. Um, they have comic books, which are a part of their narrative. They have um, fan-created art, um, and, you know, they've, they've done different things like that. Uh, like their community creates their own and generates their own um, art development. Um they have great sponsorships with like Puma 
and they have uh, events that people want to be a part of. Um, and I think that although there's a lot going on, it's still all of it is very, very, very simple. Um, it's been simple and it's been laid out a section at a time. First with the cats and only 3,000 of them, a small supply. Um, and then with uh, with the rats and then the pigeons and then the dogs. Um, they released these all very small. And, and the real thing was is that you're, you're at that point, and of course this is early on so it's easy to do, is that you were just buying a profile picture. And then through that, you know, they were able to, it, within that narrative rather, people that got the cats were able to get the, uh, were able to get the rat for free. People who had a cat and a rat were able to get a pigeon. People who had a cat, rat, and pigeon were able to get a dog. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, and then now we've got clones, and, and holders got to get free uh, or, or got to get clones, um, and they got to get, uh, you know, juice and stuff. So um, I don't know, man. I think that it's a simple, simple narrative um, that that if you looked at it, it would say the elevator pitch would be something like, uh, uh, we got dope profile pictures, an awesome community, and we throw badass events. And, um, and we have a, we have strong sponsorships with people like Puma. Um, and I think that it's a super simple one. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, man, that's what I think that they have a really good narrative. Uh, I wouldn't say I disagree with you. I, I mean, I, I do like what the gutter cat gang is doing. I have a couple of friends who are super, super into them. Uh, I do like the idea of kind of this gang narrative between the different animals they built out with the dogs, cats, the pigeons. I think that is really interesting. Um, here's one concern though, uh, is I, what makes NFTs really interesting to me is they're kind of the first asset class that combines this sort of narrative and community building with economics, right? So, you know, all this storytelling and stuff is interesting, but you know, TV and movies, that's pure storytelling. NFTs are also a mixture of economics where you have pricing, you have collection counts. Uh, you have all these different things. And, you know, one thing that Gutter Cat Gang did was they released all these clones, which they actually added, uh, you know, I think, was it 16,000 NFTs to the collection, which is a, it's a risk and it's an unproven, uh, it's an unproven strategy that may or may not work. I don't know. It, it appeared to at the beginning have actually boosted the prices. So it appears to be working, but it's going to be interesting to see how the inclusion of all those NFTs impacts the economics of the collection. So I do agree with you. The, the, the narrative is strong there. I'm interested to see what they do with this kind of gang narrative because I know later in the year they're going to release their coin, which could help or hurt depending on how, again, it impacts the economics of the project. Um, but, it, you know, that's a part of this as well is, you know, how are economics and impacting? How is that going to tie into... Uh, the narrative and, and how's it all going to tie together. So I, I, I'm with you. Gutter Cat Gang, obviously, it's a sixty floor, which is very hard to do in the space. Uh, it has multiple collections. I'm just interested to see with the inclusion of their own token and with these, I think it was 16,000 clones, how that's going to impact the economics of the project as well. Beautiful. Um, all right. Um, I, I can get that, but I, I feel like those core, my opinion, uh, my take on it, I, I'm glad you're interested to see how, where it's going to go. My opinion is that the core assets, um, will remain strong. Uh, that's what I, that's what I genuinely believe. And I believe that the, um, the 13,000, uh, clones, uh, will act as 
entry points for new people in who will upgrade eventually into uh, the OG species. That's my that's my take on it. No, see if they can. So I, I think that's that's the goal, right? Make it so it's an entry point that actually adds value to the Genesis quote unquote uh, assets. You know, the gutter cats, the gutter dogs. If they can balance it in a way where they're an entry point and they, they tie the narrative into they're an entry point into the ecosystem that makes people want to look more into the Genesis assets, then it will for sure help the narrative and strengthen, you know, the value that's going to holders. Uh, so it's, it's almost a matter of, you know, economic balancing, or if they can build that narrative where it, it drives emotion through the Genesis, then it, it'll definitely help everyone involved. All right. Here's one. Here's one that um that I'm not sold on. I don't think that you are sold on, but I want to figure out why. Okay. Um. So just bear with me, and we'll, we'll get through this one. Uh, okay. Don't hang up. Alien, I will. <laughs> alien friends. Um. All right. So they have a strong community. Um. They have in the past. Um. They had a great product. It was noted by Gary V. Um. And I think that that helped push them, but I think that without that constant Gary V attention, we saw a little bit of a, a downfall there. Um, but they haven't done anything to royally mess anything up, so their outlook and their narrative is is pretty strong. I don't see enough memes in there uh, for me to um, be I don't know super enthusiastic. I guess is is my my word for it um, about it. Uh, and I do wish that they would have done a little bit better job for NFT NYC, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And uh, um, but w w why? <laughs> why? Like why? Why is it that I that I feel this way? You know, it's it's funny you bring up Alien Friends. Uh, Alien Friends had a very good chance of being my biggest win ever in the NFT space. I actually on Mint Day bought i think like three or four of them for 0 0.03 e like wow. the absolute lowest point for no reason other than i thought the art was pretty cool it felt like it matched the meta of the moment and i was actually texting crypto tax guy down there on that day and i'm like i just bought a bunch of alien friends for 0 0.03 i have no idea why but i really like the art that was it and i ended up paper handing all of them at 0.3 uh like a big doofus Damn. Um, I remember when they were 0.15. Um, but keep going. I apologize. Yeah, I just, I, I had to talk about that. Uh, if we're going to talk alien friends. But anyway, I still have been tracking them since just because uh, I was there since like moment one of their launch. And they, they just have struggled to build a narrative, right? Like they, they had something interesting going. They had invasions which were these events where uh, you would have to enter like your ETH address into like a spreadsheet and then they would randomly send things to people, which conceptually was interesting because it's invasions which tied into aliens, but it was executed weirdly because you had to put your ETH address in spreadsheets and like it just wasn't simple, right? It wasn't simple enough. Um, and then they had Alien Friends V2, which was supposed to be this expansion Alien Friends V2, there just wasn't enough narrative around it where it just ended up being more Alien Friends. We talked about, you know, economics before, 
you know, I think Gutter Cat Gang has a good job, a good chance of potentially building the narrative with their clones. Alien Friends is an example of a failure in that economic expansion where they added, I think, you know, 10,000 more Alien Friends that looked exactly like the original 10,000. And it was just this dilution of the entire project. There wasn't enough narrative around why these V2s existed. They were just more of the same. And it ended up with this, you know, economic dilution that led to the project absolutely tanking. Um, I know there's a very strong artist behind it, Mason Crow, who I follow. Uh, I know he's very talented, um, but maybe the storytelling portion of it just needs to be worked on. Can it be recovered? I think it can, because I, I still am in the Discord. I still kind of uh, watch it from a distance. And there's a lot of dedicated people in there. I just haven't seen that pivot that you know, some of these other successful projects have been able to do. So it, it just, I don't think enough thoughtfulness went into the kind of lore they were building around their project. I'm telling you, man, lore is important, right? Um, and, and I have to agree with it because I have, I'm a V2 holder, um, you know, and so um, I, I wonder where I fit in. Does that make sense? So like when they dropped this UFO recently um, over the past, the past week, um, you know, I, I wasn't an OG, so I wasn't entitled to that, uh, understandable. Um, but it's kind of like I think for holders like myself, we're going to question um, as a V2 is like, okay, well, where exactly do I fit in? Whereas with with, with what a, talking narrative again with Gutter Cat Gang, what they've done is they said, we don't care if you, and the same thing with BAYC, by the way, but uh, well, I would say no, I would not say BAYC does what Gutter Cat Gang has done. But what Gutter Cat Gang has done is said that like, it doesn't matter if you own a cat, a pigeon, um, a dog, a rat, or a clone, or even a juice, um, you're a part of you're a part of gang gang. You know what I mean? And that is their narrative. Yeah. Um, whereas with um, with the alien friends, I feel like uh, as a V two holder, I'm I'm uh, I'm I mean, I I guess I don't know, man. I don't know that I feel invited to the party. I don't feel that same sense of camar- camaraderie. No, that's a really good point, actually, that you bring up there, Laura. Uh, is that you know, there, there wasn't a narrative built around the V2s, as I was kind of talking about. So you really don't know why you would hold a V2. It's not that entry point we were talking about with Gutter Cat Gang that they have to nail is nail the entry point to drive FOMO to the, the Genesis collection, which it seems like they're doing by including you as part of the gang by having a clone. And actually, you brought BAYC, who I actually think nailed it right? The mutants are still part of the club. If you hold a mutant, you still got all the benefits. You still got all the tokens, right? You still got the land drop. But what's interesting is you didn't get like the land in the center of the map, like the board apes did. You didn't get quite as much coins from the ape coin drop. So you still had this entry point, which still put you in this exclusive club. But there was still that tier above you that you really wanted to strive to get to. And I admit, I have points feel FOMO for not having the board ape. I just have the mutiny. So if Gutter Cat Gang, which it seems like they're, they're doing, can kind of nail that balance of entry to still wanting to drive to that bigger project, they can do it. It seems like Alien Friends has kind of failed at that. And here's where I think BAYC missed. Uh, I think they missed with the dogs. Uh, I think that they miss with the, the kennel club um, and the fact that uh, you can own a kennel club, uh, but that does not make you BAYC. Do you see what I mean? And so whereas 
where I think it's different with Gutter Cat Gang is that it doesn't matter what tier you have, you're invited to the party. Here's what's interesting, and here's what uh, I, I've been I, obviously I, I watch Ford Ape very, very closely because I, I own a mutant, and it's uh, it's obviously a key part of the NFT culture. Uh, so their roadmap they have on their website at the moment includes a lot of hints of the dogs. And there's rumors that there's going to be actual games involving the dogs later this year. So it's another interesting point where maybe Gutter Cat Gang has some other sort of experience that's exclusive to clones. Maybe it's not what the Gutter Cat Gang is doing, but the clones have their own sort of game or something they can do. But that's a, you know an example of a narrative you can build around specific collections that all ties back to the main uh, collection. So there's, there's different ways to do it. Um, it, it just seems like Alien Friends didn't have that kind of core audience where they can just release a V2 and do nothing for months uh, and not incorporate the V2. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Here's one that I'm that, I, that I'm I'm sad about, um, but I bought back in recently because I just love them. Um, I absolutely love them, and I'm wondering what happened in these guys' narrative. And you probably I don't even know that you know about it, but um, that's Crypto Dads uh crypto dads was super strong i love the uh, the narrative um of it being dads that are involved in crypto i love um the things that they're doing with uh with energy drinks and and i think that they're working on a beer right now um i think that they should have been way more active at nft nyc but they did have representation there um but these guys were at a one eth floor at some point and just a couple weeks ago they were at 0 0.07 right now they're at point one um, but that token got me uh, the access to be able to go to a cigar bar, uh, pick up a cigar. It also gave folks an opportunity to get free um, merch. But uh, uh, I love the narrative. And they also dropped moms. They dropped uh, crypto moms as well. Every crypto dad got a crypto mom. And uh, and so I'm just I'm curious to know if you know anything about crypto dads and what it was about their narrative that you think uh, that might have affected their floor price. It seems like the type of collection that could have almost made done the Goblin Town route and, and kind of used that kind of plan where, you know, they have a Discord, they have all these other things. Goblin Town went no Discord. It's, Crypto Dad seems like it would be a very memeable uh, project that could have just spoke for itself on Twitter. But instead, it seems like they have a Discord, and it's probably a lot of when, 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 why don't we have anything, why isn't anything going on, uh, and then it appears to have just kind of gotten a slow death. You know, Goblin Town's never going to have that kind of when, 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 because there's that no venue for fudding. You know, it's clear Crypto Dads isn't a business, right? Like, Ford Ape Yacht Club, Doodles, they're businesses. So they can have Discords where they release, you know, all the different functionality and features. Crypto Dad just seems to be kind of this memeable community, and they just didn't do enough to keep building that narrative. And FUD was probably enough to, to make it slowly die off. So it's almost maybe ahead of its time. Like, I wonder if Crypto Dad came out around now, you know, if they would be successful, if they took the same game plan as a, a Goblin Town, would they be successful? I'm not sure. It, it just wasn't 
the the right narrative for the moment potentially damn so the discord the discord destroyed it all uh no i'm gonna still stack up on him man because uh i think those guys hit 0.25 again 0.33 again um i really hope they hit one eth again um but i just i'm a fan of the project i am a fan of their narrative um i am a fan that they they are uh just that crypto dads crypto moms um i'm a i'm a fan of uh their father's day gifts um, I'm a fan of uh, the idea of being able to own a token and go into a cigar bar and get a free cigar and uh, possibly a free drink. Um, I enjoy those things in the narr- in, in that narrative, and I enjoy um, the the silliness of it and the, the, the again the community and the camaraderie of being like um, I'm two of these things. I'm a dad and I'm into crypto. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I think that they have a great narrative where I do think they need to improve on um, 100% because what I see is that even though the project has failed, well, I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say failed, even though it's it's gone uh, lower in, in floor price, the devs are still doing things. They are still active in the community. They are still making sure that they have representation at NFT NYC. They are still bringing um, utility and things to their holders. But where I think that they need to improve on um, is their spaces. I think that they need to co- to um, have consistently have spaces going all the time um, so that they have that visibility within the space. Uh, and when, when they have these wins and they have these different things, that they are able to celebrate it together in a, in a, in a place and that, they, um, that they're able to, uh, uh, you know, share out and discuss uh, what it is that's happening in their community. And I think that that's what they're lacking. But if they were to pick up on that end, I think that we would see a, uh, a higher floor price. That's my opinion Here, on it. Here's a question for you, because I'm not too familiar with the project. Honestly, I haven't. You know, one thing one thing I like to do when I research projects, I, I truly get into the community and get in the Discord and chat with people on Twitter about it. Haven't done that with Crypto Dad. You know, is this Crypto Dad, it, it seems very meanable. It seems like they could build their own language. Do they have that quote-unquote language in the project? You know what I mean? But as when people get on spaces, is there a tone to the, the, the conversation that's very relatable to Crypto Dad? Do they have that there? They do uh, in a couple of areas. Uh, one from their day ones, there was uh, like little things like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah was a big thing in their in their community, and they were able to set up even um, custom Discord um, uh, attributes. I, I don't know what to call them now. Stickers um, and uh, you know uh, reaction emoji, emojis and stuff like that. So they do they do have that, and they do have um, an off the grid unsanctioned uh, Sunday spaces by some of the dads um, and, and some of the OGs there. They have funny uh, terms like grill master. Um, they have all kinds of awards and badges that you can get, uh, you know, by being a member in their discord and going to the different events that they have uh, happening and, and subscribing to the different challenges um, that they have going on in there. So that type of stuff, all of that lore, all of that um, narrative does exist there. Yeah, that's great. I mean, obviously, that, that it seems really well thought out. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they got to have the constant spaces going. I mean, one thing that was, and I hate to keep bringing it back, but I think it's just one of the most interesting forms of narrative over the last several months is, you know, when Goblin Town started, they had their space every night. And what I actually noticed is even during the days, they had community members holding their own spaces to make their own goblin noises. And so, like, the, the, it, 
you have to build a community where it's strong enough, where people want to constantly be talking in that language and encouraging that talking in the language. So, yeah, as you said, spaces are a critical tool and, you know, hopefully that's something they can lean into. Beautiful, man. All right. Uh, here is one that, uh, here's one. And then, so what I'm going to do is, uh, I will, I'm opening it up the, to the floor. If the floor has questions, comments, um, things that they want to say, you know, questions that they might have, um, now is the time to kind of raise your hand and, uh, and jump in here. Um, but this is one that I've been wanting you to explain to me. I haven't even looked at it. Um, I know it exists. Um, and, and I'm wondering if you can tell me, tell me more. Um, artifact RTKFT. What the fuck is this project? Why are people so hype about it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because it's one I've been talking a lot about over the last couple months. I truly believe they're doing something very unique and interesting and have the team behind it to execute on this very unique uh, game plan. Um, so they've been around for a while. They're an NFT OG. They've been creating these cool artistic NFTs for a while. And they came out with these clone X's back in, I think it was December of 21, which are these 20,000 avatars in this kind of cartoony anime 3D style. Uh, and they got pretty big pretty quick. And then the biggest thing that happened was Nike bought them. Obviously, they're the biggest apparel brand in the entire world. Purchased them. And what they've been doing over the last couple of months is building this, and I, I coined this term, so if anyone uses it, you have to send me royalties, is this creator's economy, right? Where Creep was the first one to start going in this direction, and now Doodles and Psychedelics Anonymous are going there. But I think CloneX is making the biggest leap, which is, you know, Creep's had the interdimensional lizards where you can make your custom attributes and customize it any way you want. Doodles and Psychedelics Anonymous basically just copied that. They're doing the exact same thing. We um, call them copycats. That's their new name of the project. Sorry, go ahead. We'll talk. Seriously. That's another discussion, goddammit. We're going to talk about that later, Empty God. All these motherfuckers coming in saying they were the first, and we know we were, but go on. Sorry. They, they, you're 100% right. I mean, I think they're straight-up copycats. But I, I think those are kind of a step one in this direction that I think Clonex is making this really interesting leap into where they're releasing all these tools for people to build their own uh, attributes for their avatar. So you can actually, if you learn Unity and Blender and all these kind of mainstream technical tools, you can start building your own attributes and you can sell them to other people. So you're building this entire economy around user-created items, which I think is kind of directions that the metaverse and NFTs are going towards, which is this user-owned economy. So while I think what Doodles is doing is interesting, where they're going to release millions of attributes for their Doodle, and you can use it in the social media, I think that's cool. But I don't think anything quite grabs the user's attention, like things they built on their own and can make money off of. So basically, what bring it all back around, what Artifact is doing is they're building a metaverse that's not like a video game like Board Ape Yacht Club. It's more of a creative metaverse where you have your avatar and you can build your own clothes and items and attributes for it and it, trade it and sell it to other people, which uh, I think this creator's economy is what's going to make the metaverse unique, not like a video game like Other Side, which is running around like Fortnite. That's not unique. That's not unique to NFTs. Any people have done that before. But creating this own creator's economy where 
you can make money off things you build for other people's avatars. That I think is very unique to NFTs. That artifact I think is kind of innovating on. That is so interesting, and it makes me very bullish on the the next project that I've taken on uh, for my day job, which is uh, I partnered with uh, Harrisburg University and convinced them um, to teach our students how to build in the sandbox. Um, and so that they they took my idea and they ran with it. Um, so I'm excited to to hear that because it's like all right. Um, I'm not crazy. I'm on the right track. Ha- having these students and people be able to build and uh, and create this creator's economy um, is going to be valuable in the future. So I'm happy to hear that, man. Super valuable. And that's something I'm actually writing an article right now. Uh, I'm publishing it in the next couple days. But really the point of the article is going to be we're about to enter this creator's uh, economy where you're going to have things like artifacts that I just talked about sandbox which you just talked about which sandbox is going to be interesting because you can build your own world and sell them and exchange them um if you learn these skills now right blender google blender right now if you want to get into 3d art uh unity google unity right now if you want to get into world building if you learn these skills right now these are the skills that will be making millions hundreds of millions maybe even billions of dollars the next 10 to 15 years the people that will be building the world with these tools, because these are going to be the worlds we're living in, right? The people that learned the skill sets of construction that made tons of money a hundred years ago, because not many people knew it. That's the skill set of today when it comes to Unity and Blender, because you'll be building the worlds that everyone will be living in, the clothes everyone will be wearing in the metaverse. So if you get people learning that now, you're ahead of the game and you'll be able to profit greatly once this creator's economy starts getting built out. Let's fucking go. Uh, Big Bad Fame, how are you doing today, Brody? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, doing my thing, listening in to the discussions you guys are having in today. So I just wanted to at least ask um, a perspective. So when you were talking about the alien friends and how they made you not feel included in the whole process with the spaceships that they dropped, right, that were customizable, since they made you not feel like you were part of that whole process, would potentially like i'm just i was just throwing it out there just to see how you would feel about the subject of this if like they did the process where you can be participating in this the the spaceships like everyone else is but instead of i guess customizing it like everyone else you just get like the leftover traits or like oh it's randomized for you would you have those more involved yes 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 a hundred percent yes i love where you're going with that uh, yes, dude, that would have been awesome. Um, if I could have gotten like whatever the leftovers were or, you know, um, you know, yes, a hundred percent, because then you feel included, right? Um, you feel like, uh, you, you feel like you're a part of something. What was cool is that it didn't matter if you, I don't think if you were an alien friends holder or, um, a V2, you, you were able to apply for, um, some of the things that they were having at, at NFT and NYC. I, I didn't get any. Um, I didn't receive any of those, but, um, I was able to apply, but yes, man, to answer your question, a hundred percent, that would make me feel, uh, um, that made me feel like a holder. You know what I mean? Whereas right now I, 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 I'm at the spot now where, uh, a, I feel like I was somebody's exit liquidity or, um, somebody's, uh, uh, I, I was in fact, somebody's leftover that they just got for free and then sold on the secondary market. And now, um, I don't really have a place in the ecosystem. Um, 
you know, that's kind of, uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And the second part is, well, then I guess I just need to upgrade or, um, uh, flip my way to, um, an OG and then see if, if, if I feel differently after that point, and then we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. Understandable. No, I was just curious on that perspective. If that would have changed your, uh, how the whole process would have worked on that. I definitely know the alien friends community is definitely really strong. Um, but, um, I totally understand with that whole, like on where they, where they're at right now type of understanding. And again, that's just one thing, uh, one part of the narrative, right? Um, and I think that we went over a, a few areas of, of their narrative where I think that it could have been, uh, I, I personally think that their narrative could use some strengthening. Um, I do think that they have a really good space, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but I just don't know how regular it is. And I don't see other community members, um, hosting those spaces, but maybe I'm not involved enough to, to see that. So, um, maybe my next plot is to follow more alien friends and, and find out. Yeah, for sure. No, that's what I was just only curious. And then, um, and then the last one I wanted to say, I, I know NFC God, you said doodles wasn't really successful because the whole, um, I guess, um, approach on how they made it seem like they were the next Apple. But I think personally, for like maybe on the outside, for outside looking in, it might have not looked like that. But from at least the follow, people that I follow that are Doodle holders, all of them loved it. They all like were saying like Doodles is like the next Apple, and they were actually supportive of that whole concept because of the way they're moving forward in the whole space. Now, is their idea really you know unique? No, it's really not. Like you, obviously, I agree with you on that standpoint. But I felt like in their community, they generally enjoyed how the whole ecosystem went down with the how they the how they performed the uh, NFT NYC. Like when uh, when I ask anybody who were the winners for NFT NYC, I hear Goblin Town, um, Board Ape Yacht Club, and Doodles. Everyone else was like they were good, but those were the ones that like stood out the most. Well, here's my question to you, and I think this is a part of the equation that's not looked at quite as much. You know, I, I believe that you are right. I think a lot of holders were very happy with it. And, and maybe this doesn't even matter as much to a lot of people. Um, this is just from an investor's perspective who's looking to obviously make a profit. You know, how is a trade marketplace on a different blockchain? I think they were talking about potentially flow. Is that going to attract people, right? Is that going to attract a mainstream audience to buy a $15,000 asset? Uh, I'm not sure. And I think it's made the, the holders very happy, which will ha cause them to diamond hand it. But is it going to attract more people? Because that's what's going to be necessary for a drive up on the price. And I'm not sure people are going to want to do that. But I look at Goblin Town from an outsider's perspective. I don't own Doodles or Goblin Town. And I see the party, the burgers, everything. They went. I kind of feel FOMO and I kind of want to be a part of that experience. Um, and that's, gonna what, that's what's going to drive up the prices getting more people in to want to experience that. I don't know for a fact if the doodles thing will work out or not. I'm not saying it's going to fail by any means. I'm not a doodles putter. I just look at it from a distance and is that going to drive more people? I'm not a hundred percent confident, but it is certainly a big bet. And, and just one last point I'll make there is it's the same opinion I have on board API club. Like I think the, the other side video game is really cool. But is that going to be the type of thing that's going to get a lot of people to want to join to play a video game that's probably not going to be better than any other game out there? 
I don't think so. So I'm actually bearish in a way on, on board AP Club because of that. But I'll throw it back to you. That, that was a good question. Um, yeah. Go for it, Fame. Sorry. No, no. I just wanted to say a standpoint um, on just on that last point was just like, I definitely don't disagree with you because the way to bring in the new investors, that's where I stand along with you. But for like, I, I feel like for the short, medium term, like it is like how they handled NFT NYC was good. But for the long term, it may not it may not be as successful as people are hoping to. So I don't disagree with you with that. But um, you know, I appreciate y'all having me up here today. Uh, I'm gonna go back down so other people can talk. Absolutely, Thanks, terrible Ryan, homie. Uh, patiently, what what you do get do? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, thanks for having me on. I just have a question for Mr. God. Um, I want to um, to ask because uh, I'm from Doogies. We're an older project. Um, we are the first uh, 10K uh, Doge project, the PFP project on, on the Ethereum uh, network. I love and, this narrative, uh, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, but I love I yeah, love the Doogies no, narrative. Yeah. So the, um, the Doogies were created by a, a 16-year-old uh, French kid, two French kids that were um, in high school. And um, it kind of had a failed start. Um, and they uh, got discouraged and they almost threw away the, the, the whole... Um, Long story short, they almost threw away um, all of the diggies. They almost like destroyed them all. And um, uh, Lambo sent a, uh, an NFT to Nico, which is the creator, said, "Hey, we like the doogies, you know, because they were building a community when they found these these doogies. So they started building a community around it. And now we're kind of like at a point where we have a lot of people in the community. Uh, we have people all around the world that are um, investors and we just started moving over the doogies from the 1155 to the uh, 721 with a wrap uh, with a wrap to stake method and uh, we have um, a lot of people staking right now but um, in, in your eyes for an older project uh, pixelated project I mean what what things would stand out and and um, I know we have some stuff down the pipeline that I don't even know about but um, the developers and the team are very very happy and pleased with the way things are going but from from your uh, from your eyes, what what would be appealing to see from a project like this? It's a good question, you know, and, and I think the the narrative is interesting. You just gave me, but I, I kind of talked about it a little earlier. You know, simplicity is important, and is is that going to be the type of a narrative that on its own attracts millions of people? I don't know. Uh, I think it attracts a very core audience. So the question becomes, which you just asked me, is it's how do you expand on that? And to me, the doge face, you know, the dog face and the memes is very, very strong. And I think leaning into that as strongly as possible will be the thing that gets people in because it's recognizable, right? So what you need to do is somehow in a way through guerrilla warfare on social media, link that classic doge beam that Elon Musk tweets back to your project. How do you create the narrative that that Doge meme is directly linked to your guy's project? And I think, just in my mind, the way that's going to be done is, is straight up guerrilla warfare on Twitter, whether it's just getting the face out tweeting memes, um, just making noise and to try to make that link. I think that's what you got to do. The, the delivery for that, I think, is social media. Uh, are there other ways around it? Um, I'm trying to think. I, you know, I look at projects like Kwame, who have made this narrative around being the original anime project, and uh, uh, how they do that is they have their founders holding spaces uh, a couple times every week and having uh, important people from the anime community in their space to talk about it. 
I think that's an interesting way of linking anime to their project. I think you have to do that with your project. How do you link that Doge meme, which is, I think, recognizable by the wider community, and link that to uh, the Doody's project and in showing, hey, this, that meme you all know, it comes from our project. We are the first project related to that. And finding that link and, and creating that noise, I think, is what's going to kind of drive attention to the project. Yeah, and so you don't encourage him, NFT God. Don't encourage the Doogies to go crazy on social media because they 100% <laughs> will. Um, yeah, we kind of go crazy already. Uh, we have meme contests constantly, and uh, we give away Doogies, and we have our own raid team that uh, we, that gets personally appointed uh, and uh, voted upon. So, yeah, we go kind of crazy with the memes and stuff, but um, so, another uh, angle is the, the, the Basie trade, which is something I don't really like to harp on. But we have like something about like forty to forty six percent of our trades uh, appear on Basie two weeks later uh, after we were minted. So there's there's some uh, stuff going on over there. But so Ryan, I'd like to add I'd like to add a couple of things. Uh, so I like to lean more into the pixelated uh, Doge memes. Yeah, I think that I want to uh, add to what NFT God was saying and, and to uh, um, add to what you were saying is that um, there's a few things that I think um, that Doogies could um, do to strengthen the narrative. And for me, um, as a holder, uh, I would say, although that that's an interesting portion of the narrative that 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 uh, Doogies had these traits before BAYC, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I, I guess that's not going to be my lead. Uh, because uh, I think that sometimes when we do it, like we, we want it so hard to prove our point as doogies is that um, these traits were, were theirs first. Um, I think sometimes we, we come off as like attacking. Um, and so I think it deters some folks from wanting to, to align with doogies, whether those are apes or whether that's the outside folks who want to be apes, um, but, but, but can't be yet. Um, but I, I think that leaning into exactly what NFT got and exactly what you like to do is leaking into the fact that it's the Doge meme um, and continuing to create those memes and somehow related around towards Dogecoin. And, and um, I think that's going to be the way to um, to really market it. But the second thing is, is uh, and it's kind of twofold, I think that you, I think you guys do a wonderful job of spaces. Um, um, I, I, you guys are super active. I, I love Mallow Man. Uh, I, I definitely want Doogies on Red Legend Studios. Uh, but I think a, a key part, and I learned this from um, NFT God, but I also learned it from Nifty, who you're really familiar with from Homies, is um, constantly jumping into other spaces as well, and and not just our our own. Um, so being like a, a guest on other places or popping up to speak. Uh, and then the other thing, the last thing is going to be, um, uh, I think that you guys need to absolutely 100%, we need to as a holder, um, have more visibility in places like uh, NFT NYC and some of these other events that are going on so that we do attract new eyes and we do get to tell the narrative and we do get to tell the story to people who um, are that we know are into NFTs but may not um, already know about doogies and, and merch merch would be nice i would love a doogies poster but that's that's what i got definitely no i, I love that um you know i know merch is down the pipeline and i know it's, it's coming soon um so that's that's a thing that that's going to happen and uh they've, they've had some uh, designers work they've worked with some really nice designers and stuff so i've heard and um it just it's just a matter of time for, for that to happen but they're kind of um, taking their time, kind of laying out, making making sure everything's done, and they're not 
trying to uh, under-deliver. They're actually trying to over-deliver, which is what I like. Uh, and they're, they're very vocal. So um, I, I'm going to take everything back to, to my community. Um, we, it's a very community-driven uh, project. You know, everybody has an idea. We kind of run with it. And, uh, you know, that's what I love. We got a lot of new people that are showing their talents. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely growing. And I appreciate the time. And uh, we have, we'll, we'll take, take this back and think it over. Thank you. Love you, Terrible Ryan. Appreciate the question, man. That was a good one. Big Bad Jesus, bringing you the goods to your home and the goods to your ears through his wonderful spaces. How are you doing today, big dog? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Can you hear me okay? I hear you perfect, baby. All right, awesome. Um, dude, every day is good when you can hear NFT God. I think you should have him on every day. It should be like a 45-minute, 30-minute, just catch up, see how his coffee was, see, you know, just see what's going on with him. Uh, one day, man. When I can do this full-time one day, absolutely, we'll do it. Yeah, just so, so insightful. Um, so my question to you is with narrative, and it does. This question does center around creeps because most of my world does. Um, with with the whole rebrand going on, and and, and I, I know you touched on simplicity, um, and you know we do have a lot of moving parts in the ecosystem. How do you see? Um, with them moving towards a, a stable coin, you know, they're, they're trying to go with their own token, a, a cap, uh, token, you know, not a, you know, a fixed supply. How do you see that going with their rebrand to simplify not only the ecosystem, but also keep the current community members happy that are basically holding a bunch of assets that went to yield? Um, can you have a, a, uh, an NFT set like this that is, was built to yield. And then all of a sudden you go to a, a, a token that's, you know, basically just a, a capped amount. How do they simplify all this stuff into the new narrative of the rebrand? It's a good question. I mean, I, I always thought Creep's biggest strength was the kind of language and tone of the community. I think it's incredibly unique uh, to the NFT space. So the way I think about it is, is this. I, I want to figure out a way where that new token they're coming out with drives that energy on in the project, right? So you have this Lumi token, which is now, I guess, Lamex, which allows you to buy traits and things like that. I say keep doing that. Keep letting those things be Lamex yielding so you can buy traits and customize your creep in some sort of way and make that compelling so that it's, it's unique compared to all these copycats. Well, at the same time, figure out a way for this new token to be used in a way that drives this language, this culture of creep. And the way I look at it, it's a little bit like Reddit. I think what Reddit started to do a few years ago was really interesting where uh, some of their subreddits, they actually started incorporating cryptocurrencies where if you create a thread uh, that gets a bunch of likes, like you get the amount of cryptocurrency equivalent to the likes. And so it drives people to want to create quality content. So the question becomes, how can an NFT incorporate that concept into their project? And I think Creep could potentially do that with this new token, which is how do they reward people, whether it's building memes or just being you know, engaged in the community uh, whether it's going to events, whatever it is, how can they reward people 
with this new token for being engaged in the community and driving that very unique creep culture. If they can figure out that mechanism for doing that, you know, they'll perpetually drive that culture forward by having that reward system, uh, which I think could be really, really cool for them because the, the culture is unlike anything else in the entire NFT space. Um, so I would try, whether it's through Discord or whether it's through a new platform they're making, they talked a little bit about they're making their own metaverse. They didn't want to do sandbox. If they can create their own, I don't want to call it a metaverse, but their own sort of platform where creeps can interact with each other and quality interactions are rewarded with that new token, I think that'll do a number of things. That'll kind of create that economy that was so strong for creeps at the beginning that boosted them up and got them so much attention. But it would also drive what's going to be the most sustainable uh, strength creeps has, which is the core community in that culture, uh, and keep that going, uh, you know, forward for for as long as the, the NFTs are around. So that would be that would be my recommendation to the holders through the uh, the project founders is figure out a way to use that new token to drive good behaviors and drive creation of the culture, and that'll just be like a, a, a flywheel effect. We're going to just it'll get people to be stronger in the community which will make the token worth more, which will go round and round and round. Uh, so those are kind of my thoughts around creeps. Do you think you've seen that drive with uh, Yuga BAYC since they've released the Ape token? No, uh, absolutely not. And it's another reason why I'm hesitant about Yuga is the there really is no value to the Ape token. You know, they were going to use it for the game. Right, and, and it's actually, I invested in sand very early on because I like the idea of, of sand being a currency for sandbox. You know, Ape is going to, it's going to be successful if the video game's successful because it's going to drive people towards playing the video game, right? If the Ape coin's valuable, it's going to get people to want to get in the game to earn it. And people playing the game to earn it is going to drive value to the Ape coin. The, the issue there is the game needs to be fun. Creep their culture is great. So if the culture is great, it's going to want to drive people to get the coin. If the coin's strong, it's going to want to drive people to contribute more to the culture. So if they can switch out, you know, the video game aspect of the equation for Board Ape with some sort of cultural experience that hopefully their new platform will harness, that's how I think that flywheel effect is going to work with Creep. And that would be amazing awesome. because we sit there and we like each other's comments and share each other's things all the time. So uh, that that would that would work strong for us, you know. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, NFT God, I hope you're filling your bag with uh, some creeps, man. Um, I know you got some, but you better you better you better fill them up. I I hold a couple. I I'm watching to see what this rebrand is like and what the platform's going to be. I'll tell you this. If they do what I'm talking about here, which is par- just harness the culture, right? The, I think the, the Lumi was a distraction where all of a sudden it became purely about money making and distracted from the cultural aspect of the project. If they really lean into that with the rebrand, I, I promise you I will be buying a lot more creeps. Yeah, I, I really think they came away from NFT NYC. They didn't come here to release Alpha. They didn't come to do uh, what a lot of these big projects done. I think they came to experience the culture and they got uh, more than they could chew um, with uh, Lore Lord and Fame and everybody that was there. And I think they went back to uh, Cross the Pond reinvigorated uh, even more. And I, th- I think I think they're going to have some, some crazy shit coming. 
I'm excited, man. I've been in the uh, the Creeps Discord for as long as I can remember, longer than probably any other project. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with this. Cool. Well, man, thanks for uh, for talking. I'm gonna jump down. Um, yeah, you're a god. So thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you as always, Jesus. Every time you, you jump in the space that uh, I'm in, you always ask really great questions, man. So I always enjoy engaging with you, dude. Take care, man. Cool. Thank you, man. Yep. Beautiful. NFT God, is there anything else that you wanted to, to cover, talk about? Did we, did we get through it all? Uh, I think that's everything. I mean, I look at the crowd. I look at, um, I mean, I'm sure you know about this project because there's so many of them in here. You look at the, the, the project with the, the black, uh, skull in it like they're already building their narrative just by having a ton of these black skulls in the in you know the space like this is the kind of guerrilla warfare that builds narratives um so keep it going creeps kind of created that that strategy with the candles and the comments and you know the the language they speak and the going crazy on social media and, and that's really uh what projects need to really lean into so that's that's really what i want to cover narrative is is so critical to the success of projects nowadays just because royalty money is drying up projects really aren't making money on secondary markets they need something bigger than just money and software they need a, a narrative and a culture so just keep that in mind as you're doing research you know that's going to be the projects you want to buy into because those are the ones that are going to last especially in this climate so i appreciate it as always lord lord man these conversations are always so great and time always flies so thanks for uh hosting as always yeah dude absolutely uh i love these things i always mean to keep them an hour and i swear every time we're going in an hour and a half um but they're great conversations man so thank you for being a part of it thank you man you bet um dude uh perfect man and by the way the the project that you're talking about um is apes with attitude club nft god and they are going to be on tomorrow for a special edition of um all of us radio they were so kind uh they created a one-of-one one, um for yours truly and you can see that in the video up there um and uh yeah man so we're gonna have them on it by the way that music there it may sound like a sound effect it's actually not talking about narrative um that comes from a gutter dog um, who sold his music as an NFT and I copped it uh, because when you buy that NFT, um, you get the use of IP. Uh, so you can use it any way you want. And so I, I bought it and immediately uh, put it to work. When they asked me what song I wanted, it was that. It's the very brief intro. Um, but yeah, they're gonna be on tomorrow. Um, I think we said 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, and we're going to talk about Apes with Attitude Club, and they've been doing a wonderful job with uh, hosting their own spaces and keeping their community active. Um, don't forget the Naughty Show this Wednesday, uh, 8 p.m., homie. You think the bear market is bad? Bro, you need to meet Miss Goddess Elite, um, who's going to teach us everything about financial domination. Um, she's going to go ahead and liquidate your wallet, and you're going to thank her for it. Um, let's see here. Who else do we got? Uh, uh, um, oh, the Lord Lord Mint is live. Don't forget that. Check that out at redlegendstudios.com. If you liked this show um, and the other ones, there, there's a lot more out there. So check out redlegendstudios.com. I have a bunch of shows up there. Um, and uh, the Mint is live, 777, only 0 .07. 
$85 gets you a, a wonderful seat at the table, a ticket to the greatest show. Uh, so far, we've already run a 24-hour space. Um, we have already um, thrown a party in NYC. Uh, we got the Donnie show up and running. Um, and it's only been a month, man, less than a month. So I'm happy, proud of the project. Uh, mint that at redlegendstudios.com. And then check out daddysdeltas.com, man. Uh, if you get something from daddysdeltas.com, use promo code RED. You'll get $10 off. Uh, we get uh, 20% of the uh, of the sale, man. So thank you. NFT God, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Great to be here, man. Can't wait to do it again. Hell yeah. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, it's not about one of us. It's about all of us. Stay awesome. Stay awesome.